Hello, this is Jude from Newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Tuesday, the 24th of November. India recorded 38,000 new coronavirus cases in the last 24 hours, pushing the country's total tally to 91.77 lakh. Today, 480 coronavirus-linked deaths were recorded in the last 24 hours, taking the death toll to 1.34 lakh. The active cases are at nearly 4.4 lakh, now comprising 4.78% of the country's total coronavirus tally. Adar Poonawala of the Serum Institute of India, Pune, told NETV yesterday that a minimum of 100 million doses of Covishield coronavirus vaccine will be available by January and hundreds of million could be ready by the end of February. The vaccine is said to be 90% effective under certain conditions. Poonawala explained that a single dose, two of which are recommended at this stage, will cost up to 1,000 rupees if purchased from a pharmacy. However, the government will buy 90% of the supply at 250 rupees per dose. The Supreme Court has asked the central government to respond to a petition asking for the price of RT-PCR tests to be capped at 400 rupees across the country, news agency ANI reports. Prime Minister Narendra Modi today held a meeting with chief ministers and other representatives of eight states and union territories via video conferencing. This was done to discuss the COVID-19 situations in these states and review the vaccine distribution strategy. Delhi Chief Minister Arvind Kejriwal told the Prime Minister that the severity of the third COVID wave in the capital was due to several factors, including air pollution. The CM sought Modi's help to address the problem of stubble burning in neighbouring states. He also sought reservation of an additional 1,000 ICU beds in central government hospitals till the end of the third wave. Maharashtra Chief Minister Uddhav Thakre told Modi that he is holding discussions about procuring the vaccine with Serum Institute of India CEO Adar Poonawala. Thakre added that he had formed a task force to ensure timely distribution of the vaccine. The Uttar Pradesh government revised its guidelines for public gatherings yesterday and limited the number of guests at wedding ceremonies to a maximum of 100. This was slashed down from 200 guests, which the government had permitted in October with COVID guidelines in place. Meanwhile, Himachal Pradesh government has imposed night curfew in Mandi, Shimla, Kulu and Kangra area. The curfew will last between November 24th and December 15th. Only 50% Class 3 and Class 4 government employees will attend offices till December 31st. Starting tomorrow, November 25th, people arriving in Mumbai and elsewhere in Maharashtra, from Delhi, Rajasthan, Gujarat and Goa by air and train, must carry with them a negative COVID-19 RT-PCR test report done 3-4 to days before arrival. If they do not have a report, they will be tested on arrival. This announcement came a day after Chief Minister Uddhav Thakre and Deputy Chief Minister Ajit Pawar hinted at the possibility of putting in place curbs over the movement of people in view of the threat of a second wave post-Diwali. In Jammu and Kashmir, several top politicians have been named by the administration in its list of illegal beneficiaries of the Roshni land scam. Former People's Democratic Party leader Hasib Drabu and three of his relatives, Congress Treasurer K.K. Amla, and three of his family members, and four national conference leaders, including Sajjad Kichlu and Harun Chaudhary, find a mention in a list of around 400 alleged illegal beneficiaries, according to the Indian Express. The list prepared on the directions of Jammu and Kashmir High Court also names former Congress Minister Abdul Majid Wani and former Chairman of Jammu and Kashmir Bank, Muhammad Yusuf Khan. The court had directed that the names be put in the public domain and more are expected to come out soon. The High Court also ordered a CBI investigation into the allocation of the land under the Roshni Act. 
the CBI has registered multiple FIRs in the matter. The Roshni scheme was brought by Farooq Abdullah's government in 2001. The purpose was to give land ownership rights at a certain price to persons who had been holding state land unauthorizedly until the cut-off year of 1990. Since the stated aim was to generate funds for hydroelectric projects, it was christened the Roshni scheme. In 2005, the PDP government led by Mufti Mohammad Saeed extended the cut-off year to 2004, which was further moved to 2007 under the Congress government led by Ghulam Nabi Azad. While the government expected to collect over 25,000 crore rupees from the scheme, a 2014 Comptroller and Auditor General report noted that only 76 crore rupees had been collected between 2007 and 2013. The Act was repealed in 2018 after former Governor of the erstwhile state of Jammu and Kashmir, Satyapal Malik, concluded that it had not served its purpose. He had said the Act was no longer relevant in the present context. According to the Indian Express, hundreds of acres of forest and state land was illegally given to influential politicians, businessmen, bureaucrats and judicial functionaries all over Jammu and Kashmir under the scheme. The value of this land is said to be over 25,000 crore rupees. A special investigation team, or SIT, set up in September to look into alleged cases of love jihad in Uttar Pradesh has ruled out any conspiracy. In the 14 cases investigated by the SIT, there was no evidence that the Muslim men involved had received any funds from abroad. The SIT, which submitted its report yesterday, also dismissed charges that the youths had the backing of any organization. The SIT's findings came two days after the Uttar Pradesh government announced it would bring an ordinance to check what it described as unlawful conversations in the state, primarily through Love Jihad. Love Jihad is a Hindutva conspiracy theory that Muslim men lure Hindu women into marriage with the intention of converting them to Islam. The SIT was set up after 14 cases were reported where parents claimed Muslim boys had duped their daughters and trapped them in love. Inspector General of Kanpur, Mohit Agarwal, said the investigation did not find foreign funding links. He added, however, that the accused did change their names and some established relationships with minors. Some sort of criminality not relating to love jihad was revealed in 11 of the 14 cases and those involved were sent to prison. In the remaining three cases, the police found the women were adults and in relationships with Muslim men consensually. The police officer told the Hindu that no action would be taken in such cases. Recently, five BJP-ruled states, Uttar Pradesh, Haryana, Madhya Pradesh, Karnataka and Assam, have promised to introduce strict legal provisions against love jihad. Meanwhile, the Allahabad High Court today quashed an FIR alleging that a Muslim man had kidnapped a Hindu woman and forcibly married her. The court said in a quote, Two adults are free to choose their partner and it is their right to freedom of choice as to whom they would like to live with, unquote. The court also said that the judgments it had given in two previous cases of interfaith marriages were not good law, meaning not good judgments. In those cases, the court had observed the conversion just for the purpose of marriage was unacceptable. Of late, the bogey of love jihad has been invoked with increasing regularity in states like UP and Haryana. On August 25th, 18-year-old Neha's body was found some 500 meters from a house in Neemgao in Uttar Pradesh's Lakhimpur Kheri. She had been murdered and allegedly raped. The same day, 18-year-old Mohammad Dilshad, a tailor in Ningao's Bejam block, was arrested. The Hindutva ecosystem promptly alleged that Neha's death was an outcome of love jihad. The BJP MLA from Lakhimpur Keri, Saurabh Singh Sonu, told News Laundry that this was a case of love jihad. The police categorically ruled out a religious motive. Neha's death wasn't the only death in Lakhimpur Keri that month. 
A few weeks earlier, a minor had been allegedly raped and killed. The authority ignored the girl's death until after Neha's body was found and Dilshad arrested. This is an excerpt from a story covered by news laundry reporters Akansha and Nidhi, where the victim's family awaited justice as the case got tangled in love jihad claims. To read their story, head over to newslaundry.com. The story is titled Amid Love Jihad Claims, Lakhimpur Kheri Victim's Family Waits for Justice. While you're there, also read Nidhi and Akansha's latest story from Lakhimpur Kheri about a father's quest to find the truth in the suspicious death of his daughter and her newborn girl child. The story is headlined, Two Deaths, No FIR, How UP's Criminal Justice System Failed Papi Devi and Her Baby. Dear listeners, it would be impossible for us to bring you such in-depth ground reports if not for our subscribers who fund it. News Laundry is an independent news platform producing ground reports, podcasts, interviews, videos, media critique and much more. So if you aren't a subscriber already, now is the time to join the movement to keep news free and independent. Go to newslaundry.com and hit the subscribe button at the top right hand corner of the website. Lowest subscription starts at 300 rupees a month only. Pay to keep news free. The Mumbai police today filed a charge sheet in magistrate's court in the alleged TRP rigging scam. The charge sheet was submitted before a magistrate's court by the police's Crime Intelligence Unit, or CIU, which is conducting a probe into the case. News agency PTI reported that a police official said the crime branch has so far arrested 12 persons, including Republic TV's distribution head and owners of two other channels in connection with the case. The TRP scam came to light last month when Rating Agency Broadcast Audience Research Council, or BARC, filed a complaint through Hansa Research Group. In the complaint, it alleged that certain television channels were rigging TRP numbers. Besides Republic TV, Box Cinema and Marathi Channel, Fakt Marathi, were the other two channels who were named during preliminary investigation. Earlier, Republic TV's CEO, the COO and the CFO were summoned by the police for questioning in the case, and their statements were recorded. Meanwhile, the Enforcement Directorate last week filed a money laundering complaint in relation to the alleged scam. The investigation agency will probe if fake ratings were generated. It will also investigate if the money earned through this was used to generate illegal funds and create legitimate assets. To find out more about the TRP scam, don't forget to check out the video explainer, TRP Scam, Is the TV News Model Broken? where Meghnad explains this whole scam very well. Dear listeners, Meghnad will be coming up with a deeper explanation and more such explainers. Stay updated. Now, let's move on to the international updates. Globally, coronavirus has infected more than 59.1 million people and killed 1.39 million people, according to Johns Hopkins University. More than 37.8 million people have recovered from the infection. World Health Organization Director General Tedros Adnom Ghebreyesus said, and I quote, There is now real hope that vaccines in combination with other tried and tested public health measures will help to end the pandemic, unquote. The WHO chief's remarks came after drug maker AstraZeneca said on Monday that his COVID-19 vaccine developed with Oxford University was up to 90% effective, making it the third major drug company after Pfizer and Moderna to have reported late-stage data for a potential COVID-19 vaccine. He added, and I quote, The significance of this scientific achievement cannot be overstated. No vaccines in history has been developed as rapidly as these. The scientific community has set a new standard for vaccine development. Unquote. 
Meanwhile, WHO said Monday that it had received reassurances from Beijing that international experts would soon be able to travel to China to help investigate the animal origins of COVID-19. Prime Minister Boris Johnson confirmed the England's national lockdown will end next week to be replaced by a tougher three-tier system of regional restrictions designed to last until spring next year, Bloomberg Quint reported. Under the new rules for England from December 2nd, shops, hairdressers and gyms will reopen across the country, but bars and restaurants will be takeaway only in areas under the tightest restrictions. Hong Kong will close bars, nightclubs and other entertainment venues for the third time this year. Health Secretary Sophia Chan said on Tuesday as authorities scrambled to tackle a renewed rise in coronavirus cases. Meanwhile, hundreds of flights at one of China's busiest airports were cancelled Tuesday as Shanghai raced to bring a local coronavirus outbreak under control. Health officials have tested thousands of staff at Pudong International Airport since a small cluster of COVID-19 cases in the city was linked to several cargo handlers. On Tuesday, figures from data services firm Veriflight showed that over 500 flights out of Pudong Airport had been called off, nearly half the day's scheduled flights. The authorities of China have warned of the possibility for new outbreaks as the weather gets colder and have reacted to a small number of local cases by testing millions of people and introducing lockdowns and school closures in Tianjin, Shanghai and Manzoli. China on Tuesday launched a robotic spacecraft to bring back rocks from the moon. It's the first such attempt by any country since the 1970s. The Chang'e 5 mission named after the ancient Chinese goddess of the moon, will seek to collect lunar material to help scientists better understand the moon's origins and formation. The mission will test China's ability to remotely acquire samples from space ahead of more complex missions. Upon entering the moon's orbit, the spacecraft is meant to deploy a pair of vehicles to the lunar surface, a lander and an ascender. The landing is due to take place in about eight days, according to a spokesman for the mission. The probe is due to be on the lunar surface for about two days and the entire mission is scheduled to take around 23 days. The Soviet Union deployed three successful robotic lunar sample return missions in the 1970s. The last, the Lunar 24, retrieved about 170 grams or 6 ounces of samples in 1976 from a region called Mare Crisium. Now for some homegrown stuff from Newslaundry.com. On this week's NL Hafta, News Laundry's Abhinandan Sekri, Mehraj Lohan and Raman Kirpal are joined by Chitra Subramaniam, a journalist and co-founder of the News Minute, and Smita Prakash, editor-in-chief of ANI. The panel discusses the recent developments around COVID vaccines, the state of the media today, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris as an alternative to Trump, among other topics. Here's a snippet from the episode. So each one is taking care of their own population, like... 200 million here, 300 million there. I simply think that we should be out there, uh, not just like a you know production house where we use our capacity to produce for the world. We'll simply have to leverage what we have for our people because for me, it's now becoming a mugs game, you know, and uh, access has become a mugs game. It sh- we shouldn't even be discussing this, you know, and India has moved, the, India and South Africa, they've moved... Uh, the WTO asked, saying that there should be no uh, patent. And, you know, again, it's a war. So, you know, for me, what has been most, uh, what has been most uh, difficult to accept is that even during a pandemic, countries are not uh, able to share. Listeners, I would now like to remind you that NL Hafta will only be available free of cost till the first week of December. After that, 
it will become subscriber-only content like it has always been. So if you enjoyed listening to Hafta in the last couple of months, be sure to subscribe to newslaundry.com to get your weekly Hafta podcast. That's all I have for you today. Have a great day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please.